Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. I'd like to tell you the story of the nations. You know, there are some stories that go all the way through the Bible as a thread. They start in the Garden of Eden and they end in Revelation. And the story of the nations is one of those. Right at the start of the Bible, when God made human beings, the first man and woman, it says in Genesis 1 verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the whole earth. That was God's instruction and his first plan for human beings. He gave them a beautiful garden. The Bible says he blessed them. His presence, his favor, his help was with them. And he said, now fill the earth, multiply, extend and grow around the world. Now we know that Adam and Eve sinned. And instead of the earth being filled with God's blessing, Genesis 6 tells us that the earth was filled with violence and God had to do a hard reset. Interestingly, the Bible says that when Jesus was three days in the tomb, he went and he preached to those who died in the flood and gave them a chance to get saved. So isn't that amazing, the grace of God? But the hard reset ended up with Noah and his family, just eight individuals starting again. And the same instruction that God had given to Adam and Eve, he gives to Noah. In Genesis 9 verse 1, it says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. There was always this instruction and this desire on God's part to fill the earth with his blessing. Now, another tragedy happened. You see how God works with humans. He doesn't dictate or impose his will. He wants to give us the chance and the ability to respond to his will. And again and again, human beings have failed and turned aside. But again and again, God, through self-sacrifice, makes a way for us to be restored and forgiven. But another problem happened. After Noah, the people started growing and expanding. And in Genesis 11, verse 4, the people said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Now listen to this next sentence. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. God's plan. He gives blessing. <laughs> he blesses Adam and Eve and he says, fill and multiply. He blesses Noah and his family, and he says, now fill the earth and multiply. But people want to go against God's plan. We want a name for ourselves. We want ourselves to be happy and comfortable. And so they stayed together and they said, we don't want to be scattered. We're going to build a tower. It's going to reach heaven and we are going to stay together. We're not going to fill the earth with God's blessing. And in verse 6, the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Other versions say nothing will be impossible for them because they're in unity together and they're not going to fulfill God's plan of spreading blessing over the earth. 
Now God is not punishing them, but he's making a way. We're going to see in a few minutes how God was using this to bring people to himself. God is so redemptive. He uses all things for good. What people or the devil mean for evil, God will turn for good. So God went down. He confused their language and all the different nations and languages formed and they spread out over the earth. But they were still in rebellion against God. And now we see God's rescue plan start in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3. God says, I'm going to start with a man. Abraham. I'm going to form a nation out of him. And then that nation, out of that nation, will come the solution that will then bring all the nations back to me. And so God's plan to fill the earth and God's plan with nations are very closely interlinked. But let's have a look at Abraham. Genesis 12 verse 3. God speaks to Abraham. He blesses him and he says, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families or all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Right at the start, God says to Abraham, I'm blessing you so that all the nations, all the families of the earth can be blessed. Again, God's plan right from the start is being reiterated. But he says, I'm going to choose a man and build a nation. And then out of that will come the Messiah and all nations will be blessed. <clears throat> in Many times in Genesis, God restates this blessing to Abraham. And in Genesis 18, verse 18, it says, Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now, why am I talking about nations? Because it's a big part of our lives. I don't know if you've noticed in the news these days, but humans are confused about nations. Some people or groups of people want to be linked with bigger groups like the United States, the European Union, the, the Asian group of nations. There's an African group of nations. Nations want to link with other nations, but then we also have this competing independent desire within us that says, I don't want to be part of the UK or Spain or the EU or whatever. And so we have this, this dual thing going on. And all the time we're saying, what makes us a nation? Is it our heritage, our genetics? Is it our culture and our values? Is it our language? What makes us a nation? Why are there nations? Is my nation better than another nation? A famous author once said that nationalism or patriotism is simply believing that your country is better than every other country only because you were born there. And it's this weird dichotomy within the human nature. We want to be proud of our nation, but then we're not sure why. Why are there nations? And is my nation better than others? And we see here the start of nations. God wanted to fill the earth with his blessing. He caused nations to form. Acts 17 verse 26 is a lovely verse that kind of summarizes what God was doing. It says this, he has made from one blood every nation of men. We're all brothers and sisters. Amen. He has made from one blood. We all have the same DNA. You know, the, the differences between different humans, even of, of different races is so small. We are all so similar, so, so similar, 99.9% .9 the same. And those tiny, tiny little differences are really insignificant. But it says he has made 
from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. So that's the spreading out at, at, the, at the Tower of Babel. He has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. That is the most amazing verse. It says God decided when and where you would be best born. It, was it in the 2000 BC? Was it 100 years ago, 500 years ago, or now or in the future? God decided. Why? So that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. God said, what time and what nation is the best one to put you in to give you the best chance of groping for God and finding him? And that just fills my heart with such joy because God was caring about me. And he said, where shall I put him or her to give them the best chance of getting saved? So we've seen Abraham. And I just want to show you that God's plan, even though he chose the nation of Israel, his plan right up throughout the whole of the Old Testament until Jesus came was always the nations, even though he was focusing on Abraham's family and the Israel nation and King David and his family. He was focusing on one group in order to bless the whole world. It never changed his plan. He was never just about one group. It was always with a bigger purpose. So. Psalm 2 verse 8, ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. In Psalm 2, he's talking about his Messiah coming and he says his plan is always the nations. Ask of me, I will give you the nations. It's my plan and purpose for the nations to come to God. Listen to Psalm 46 verse 10. You may know this verse well, but I'm not sure you've noticed this about it. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I'm God. And while you're resting in me, know that on my heart is the nations. I don't want any nation. I don't want any person to be lost or not to find Christ. And I'm thinking about them. Through pain, God had to separate at the Tower of Babel because of man's sin. But he says, I had a plan to bring them back. You know, I was born in Africa. I'm of European descent, descent, but I was born in Africa. And I know it was because God said that's the best place for him to find Christ. And in a little boarding school in a tiny little town in the middle of the desert in Africa, on the border of Botswana and Zimbabwe, I found Christ or he found me. And I would not have if I had been born at another time in history or another country in the world because God is good. Amen. Listen to these other verses. Psalm 67, the whole of Psalm 67 is in the Old Testament, written by Jewish people, but it's talking about the nations. God be merciful to us and bless us, that's the Israelites, and cause his face to shine upon us, that's the Israelites, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the nations. They understood it. Bless us so that we can be a blessing. And he goes on in Psalm 67 to talk about the nations, the nations, the nations, the nations. Psalm 98, verse 2. The Lord has made known his salvation, his righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. Israel was, was a, a sign to the nations of God's blessing and God's purposes. Uh, 
He has remembered his mercy and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Right throughout the Old Testament, God was thinking of the nations, but he had to work through a plan. 1 Kings 8 verse 59, when Solomon blesses and finishes and dedicates the temple in Jerusalem to God, he prays, um, May God maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel, as each day may require that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. There is no other. Solomon understood. We're building a temple. It's a Jewish temple. It's in Jerusalem. It's for us, but it's so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. And then in Psalm 49, when he's, sorry, Isaiah 49, where he's prophesying about his servant, his Messiah, he says, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. So Jesus arrives and even though he was focused on Israel, he said, I must go first to the lost sheep of Israel. He always had the nations in his mind. Right when he was born, a prophecy was made and, and it was said, you will be a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. And that word Gentiles is ethnos, which is also translated nations. It means ethnic groups. Um, and it says, Jesus will bring revelation to the Gentiles or to the nations and the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus Talked about the, the nations in Mark 11, verse 17. He said, it is, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. And then he ministered to people who were not Israelites. The Roman centurion, the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was demonized. Uh, the, the guy with demons, the Gadarene demoniac who had a legion of demons. He was not an Israelite. The Samaritan woman at the well. When the 10 lepers came and got healed, only one came back to say thank you, and he was not an Israelite. And Jesus made a note of that. There were many times he ministered to the non-Israelites. In fact, the Samaritan woman, he went out of his way to find a non-Israelite woman and minister to her. And then at the end of his life, Matthew 24, verse 14, he says this, and this is so important. He says, this gospel of the kingdom the gospel that he'd been showing and preaching and, and revealing. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And suddenly Jesus shows that he has been part of a bigger plan that started in Genesis and has been running throughout history. The story of God's plan for the nations. God wanted his blessing to fill the earth. Human beings kept stymieing God's plan. And so he had to work another plan. He created nations at the Tower of Babel. He created a special nation with the view of reaching the nations. Jesus comes and he shows God's love to Israel. He starts to show it to the other nations. But then at the end of his life, he says, this gospel now must go to all the earth, to the ends of the earth. Matthew 28, all authority, all blessing has been given to me. Now you go make disciples. He says, I give you authority over all the works of the enemy. Nothing will by any means harm you. He's saying you are blessed to be a blessing. God's thinking of the nations. God determined our pre-appointed boundaries and the times 
that we would live so that we would reach out and find him, grope for him and find him, though he's not far from any of us. God does not live in one geographical location. The whole earth is filled with his glory, but he's made nations as a way of making us reach out for him. So what does that mean for us, for you and me? Well, before I get there, let me just give you a glimpse of heaven that we're told in Revelation chapter 5 and chapter 7. Revelation 5 verse 9, it says, And they sang a new song. Friends, that's you and I. If we believe in Jesus, we're going to be part of this crowd in heaven singing a new song. And it says, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And in Revelation 7 verse 9, After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Friends, in heaven, they are crying out to God. There's a huge multitude. But I want you to see that they are in unity, even though they're from every nation, every language, every tribe, every ethnos, ethnic group. There are people from every nation. God has brought back together the scattered tribes. He has reached the ends of the earth. But how is he going to do it? He's going to do it through you and I. You know, the world says, find the differences and find your tribe. And then think that your tribe is better than the other tribe. That's what the world says. That's really the voice of the enemy. The, the serpent is whispering in people's ears saying, your tribe is better than other tribes. You must fight against others. And so we have all these wars going on all around the world. And even if we can't find a difference, we'll make up a difference. If we can't find a difference in our skin color or our language or our culture, we'll say, my football team is better than yours. We love to find our tribe and then say we're better and fight against the other. But in God, we are brought back together. And this is the miracle and the mystery. You know, Paul spoke throughout the New Testament of the mystery that God has revealed. And it involves God bringing people from every language, nation, tribe and making a new man, a new race, a new culture out of us all. And so when I come into Christianity, the first thing I do is I give my passport in. I hand in my passport to God and I say, God, my pride about my ethnic group or my heritage comes second. I now receive a new passport, which is the blood of the Lamb. I'm washed in Jesus and I'm made part of a new man, a new creation, a new race where God is reversing all the mistakes and sins of humanity over the generations and he's bringing us back into unity. That's the first thing. I love God's people. You know, 1 John 5 verse 1 says, if we love the Father, we'll love his children and his children are from every nation, tribe and tongue. Racism has no place in Christianity. We can't be proud. We can't be hateful. We cannot be prejudiced. We have to say, God bought me. I am just one of his people. From one blood, he made every nation. 
and I love every type of person and I accept every type of person. Friend, if you're a believer and you're saying, I won't accept a different race or a different nationality or a different language or a different interest group or whatever it is, that's not of God. And I really ask you to repent of that and say, God, help me to see we are all part of God's family. So I hand in my passport, I get my new identity, which is the blood of Christ. I'm made part of one new man, Ephesians 2 says. But then I get God's heartbeat for the nations. You know that heartbeat that's been beating throughout history. It started when he spoke to Adam and Eve and he said, fill the earth with my blessing, multiply, subdue the earth. Let my blessing flood out. Then Noah, he said it again. And then the Great Commission, Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations. In Acts chapter 1, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The second part of me becoming a believer is an outward looking heart that says, let me bring in the nations. And so unlike other groups of people who want to just be with similar groups, they just want to be with people of the same interests, of the same age, the same whatever it is. Everybody wants to be with people like themselves. We say, let me reach out. You know, Jesus was always going out to the others. He was looking for an opportunity to reach other people and different people. Even when he came to earth from heaven, he was saying, I'm leaving the comfort and the fellowship of heaven with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to reach out to others, even at a cost to myself. And so part of being a believer is having a heart for the nations, wanting to reach the nations. Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom must be preached to every ethnic group. And then the end will come. We love the nations of the earth. And as believers, we must be thinking and praying and sacrificing and going and doing whatever we can to reach the nations because it's God's heartbeat. And when we have reached every single language group and nationality, then the end will come. And it's not just a question of getting the message out there. It's to have little discipleship groups called churches in all those nations. You know, we have started a website called leadinglightsnetwork.com. Praise the Lord. He's bringing people in from all over the planet. So many people from so many different places have signed up, and I'm so grateful for all the help and interest that people are showing. But I want to say to you, whether it's us or some other way, every believer should be working out a way to help reach the nations. It's not just about me and my little tribe, my preferences, my group, my interests. It's about reaching, reaching, reaching. I just want to mention one other thing before I close, and that is how when God poured out His Spirit in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost, He was reversing the curse of the Tower of Babel. Acts chapter 2 verse 5 says, There were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. Why were they there? God had brought people into Jerusalem on that day for a purpose. And when the sound occurred, that was the sound of the rushing wind and the people speaking in tongues. When the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. So these, this is God giving languages 
But instead of him giving them to cause division and tribes and nations and, and different groups, he's giving languages to bring people together and to make one new man. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And God was bringing them together. Ephesians 2 describes this. It says in verse 11, Therefore remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. He says you used to be Gentiles in the flesh. When you come into Christ, you, you're no longer Jew or Gentile or, or whatever nationality or, or interest group you are. He says you were once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at one time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. When we are nationalistic and think our tribe or our nation is better, we are without hope in the world, he says. No, no hope without God. But now, in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one. Both what? Both races. Whatever group or race or tribe you, you are of and the other one is of, he says he's made the two one. And has broken down the middle wall of separation. What is that wall? It's pride. It's prejudice. It's ignorance. It's fear. It's anger. It's whatever. He says he's broken down that wall and he's abolished in his flesh the enmity, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he goes on to say how we now are a dwelling in which the Holy Spirit lives. Pray with me, but also please decide that you are going to be part of God's new race and you're going to spread his love to all nations. Lord Jesus, thank you that you made me, that you put me where I was born for a reason, that you've been drawing me and reaching out to me and helping me to find you. And Lord, I receive you and I thank you for forgiving me. And I ask you now, Lord, especially to forgive me for my pride and my racism or my prejudice. And I ask you, Lord, to put me in your new race, your new man, and to help me to have a heart to reach the lost. Lord, show me where I can pray, where I can go, who I can befriend, how I can sacrifice, how I can reach out, and how I can support others to reach the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.